Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. And today we have guest speaker, Carrie Bosman. Carrie Bosman is the author of Before Five in a Row and is the daughter of author Jane Claire Lambert of Five in a Row, sister of author Becky Jane Lambert of Beyond Five in a Row, and granddaughter of a former teacher who taught first grade for more than 30 years, it was just inevitable that Carrie was going to be an educator. Carrie was homeschooled from kindergarten to 11th grade before attending college. And she began homeschooling her own children in 2012. She's been part of five in a row since the beginning in 1995. And she has helped write single unit studies for five in a row in recent years. These experiences have provided a foundation that is evident in the lessons and the heart of more before five in a row. Carrie talks about why she wrote before five in a row, how five in a row got their start and the inspiration that has kept them going on for more than three generations of educators and just keeps them going. We also talk about Again, the same theme, homeschooling is not school at home, but it is an extension of your home. And it can look like snuggling up with a book on a couch or spending time in a park and reading a book. You also don't have to homeschool all subjects. You can choose subjects you want to teach and find providers to cover the other subjects. We also talk about how homeschooling allows you and your child to focus in on their interests and hone their strengths. Carrie brings so much wisdom and understanding being a fourth generation educators. So go grab your coffee, go grab a tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Carrie has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome, Carrie. Why don't you say hello to our listeners and tell us one misconception you believe most have about homeschooling. Thanks, Bex. Hello to everybody that's listening. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. And a misconception, oh my goodness. So I think when people think about homeschooling, they think about school at home. And most people that aren't second generation homeschoolers or aren't familiar with homeschooling, they're picturing school as in sitting at a desk, sitting at a table, textbooks, taking tests, hearing lectures for, you know, six to eight hours a day. And really that is not what homeschooling is meant to be. Homeschooling is meant to be snuggling up on the couch. It's an, it's an extension of home. It's, it is supposed to be home for your kids. Um, everything that they value about your home and your family life is supposed to just seep into education. And so I think learning that that your kids are learning all day, every day with you, they have been from the moment they were born. Um, you know, you didn't need to send them to school after they were born, you had them at home and they learned how to talk and how to walk and everything from you in your home, in that atmosphere. And that just can continue all the way as far as you want it to in their education, whether that's through 12th grade or through sixth grade or wherever you want to do that, your home can be that for them, that education. And you know that so personally, because you're second generation, right? Like you're, your parents are the ones who basically you are homeschooled. That's right. Yeah. My parents started in 1981 homeschooling. They were pioneers. Um, they, my sister went to kindergarten and maybe first grade, I think in the public school. And they felt like, you know what, this isn't really what we want for her. Um, and they pulled her and started homeschooling when that wasn't 
a thing. <laughs> you know, my mom would go and buy used curriculum at, at public school sales. She would create her own curriculum, which is obviously what kind of led her eventually into creating five in a row. Um, but they just knew that they wanted their home environment to be where she learned and where she um, found her value and, and just got to experience what learning can look like. That is so like, it really is heartwarming when you hear that because that's my vision, my vision of when I homeschool my kids, just being able to curl up and being able to be part of their learning experience. Yeah. Being able to be part of their learning experience, not separated from it, not outsourcing them to someone else. And, you know, I know some parents have to, you know, do that. They have to, you know, they have to work. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And that's, and we get that. Um, so let's just talk about parents who, who are working. Now, does homeschooling have to be the, the normal eight to three kind of absolutely not no that's homeschooling is so flexible you can do it you know two days a week four days a week um most you know not most many homeschoolers send kids to um like a co-op one day a week and teach the other four at home you know homeschooling means that you get to decide how your kids are educated what they're learning and who's going to teach them doesn't mean you have to do every single bit of it yourself so whether you choose, you know, online lessons for certain subjects or tutors, or you send them to a co-op one day a week, whether you teach after dinner from six to eight thirty at night, because that's when you can do it after work. And that's what that looks like for your family. Or if you teach on the road, if you're, you know, RVing across the world, you can teach them that way. It's just the flexibility is the best, one of the best parts of homeschooling. It's something that uh, my parents gave me the option every year when we homeschooled from the time I was probably seventh grade on, you know, do you want to homeschool? Do you want to go to private school? Do you want to go to public school? And I chose homeschool every time because for me, the flexibility was just amazing. And yeah. with all the opportunities homeschoolers have today, you know, they can play sports, they can go to co-ops and have those social interactions and not miss out on those. Uh, but still get the flexibility of homeschooling and being with their family. And they can focus on the things that they really love, right? Like Absolutely. They're apps, they're able to just hone in and the curriculum is there to literally support the lifestyle that exactly. they want. And you said people can travel, they can go um, do sports. Can they purchase five in a row curriculum and be able to maintain that kind of a lifestyle? Absolutely. So five in a row covers it's amazing. It covers all your subjects except math and phonics if you're teaching how to read and then spelling and grammar later on. Um, so you only have to have one teacher's manual to cover social studies, history, geography, language arts, art, applied math, and science. So you've got one small teacher's manual and then you can grab books from the library or you can purchase them online. And you it's a literature-based unit study. So you read one picture book each day, every day for five days in a row. And then the lessons that you teach in each of those academic subjects are drawn from that story. So you can do that anywhere. I mean, you can do it on the couch, you can do it in bed, you can do it at the kitchen table, you can do it on the road, you know, you can the do park. it- The park, you can do it Absolutely, anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> so. I love that. And you said yours doesn't have math, but the truth is you can really add math to anything. I started really realizing that some core subjects can be literally sprinkled in, in the most interesting ways like at the end of depending on how old your child is at the end of reading the five pages you can say so how many pages do we read today you know oh we read five pages right absolutely 
It can totally, I mean, math can come in however. And I started really realizing that you can pull things out of making it thematic, like pull things out of another type of passage. And like I said, make it thematic. And it's, there's just so much creativity and opportunity within homeschooling. And I just have to say like your parents, they took your sister out of school because they they felt you know she had basically they felt that she should have the opportunity to learn a different way was that their inspiration for creating how did the inspiration come for creating five in a row so five in a row my mom loved books she's loved books from the time she was a child her grandmother taught preschool and she was a part of that and helped teach that her mother was a teacher um and she she's told me stories of how she used to save her lunch money and skip lunch we don't endorse this but to go buy books so she would go buy a golden book when she was in third fourth fifth grade um with money that she saved from her lunch money so she just has a passion for literature and loves classic literature and wants to share that with each generation and you know a, a wonderful picture book is loved by anyone from two to a hundred. You know, it's a quality picture book, a classic picture book is good for everyone. Everyone can get something from it. Everyone can enjoy it. Based on her educational upbringing with her mother and her grandmother, based on teaching my sister and I through homeschool and creating her own lesson plans when there weren't any back in the eighties and nineties, she really just learned how to draw lessons from anything. Mm -hmm. And so after when I was in high school, uh, she would have friends that had younger children. She'd invite them over to come play or hang out, give their moms a break here and there. And she'd just sit down and read stories with them. And then she'd start talking with them about what, what the story taught, you know, what was in the story, what's the lesson here. And they'd go home and their mom, their moms would start calling her up and say, what are you doing? What you, my kids came home. They said they read a story with you, and then they're telling me all these science facts and all about history, and they remember it all. They're retaining it. What are you doing? Please write it down for us. So she just started writing down the lessons, and it turned into five in a row. Oh man, that, that's awesome! And it seems that you and your sister got the curriculum writing or the creation bug <laughs> as well. We did. Yeah, because your sister wrote five in a row beyond, but you wrote one before, right? Five right. before five more in a before. row. Uh-huh. Yeah, more so before. It kind of bridges that gap between our preschool curriculum before five in a row that's for ages two to four. And then where five in a row starts out with ages five and up, there was kind of a gap there because so many people wanted to start that before curriculum with their two-year-olds. Um, and they'd be finished by three and a half or four years old and say, well, now what do we do? Because they're not quite ready for five in a row. And so when I, I have an older daughter who's 14 and then two younger ones, we've got a big gap in between. So they're now five and seven. But when they were about two and four, I had done some before five in a row with them. And I was kind of looking at that gap. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And so I said, well, I've got all these newer books that I read to my kids that I love. And I'm constantly teaching them lessons out of these books. I'm just going to write it down. And it's going to be that bridge the gap. So now we have the kind of complete preschool and kindergarten curriculum of before and more before five in a row. Oh, that's so cool. Like you, you ladies are all just creative writing whizzes. I've tried writing. (laughs) (laughs) That is, yeah, the writing definitely, I think is genetic. My dad's a writer. My mom's a writer. It just comes, comes with the family gene. I think I'm not sure. And we love reading. We all read a lot. I think that helps, but 
really homeschooling teaches you how to find answers. It teaches you how to learn. And when you're brought up that way and you're used to, I don't know, let's go find the answer. And you start reading things and you have questions. I mean, we know kids have questions nonstop all day, every day. And that natural curiosity, you know, if we don't say, which trust me, I do, I've got a five and seven year old, <laughs> I've been there. I say, no, no, I can't answer the 27th question today. Just go, go play something for a few minutes. But <laughs> if we follow their natural curiosity and we are willing to, my, my seven-year-old now says, mom, just look it up. Please just look it up for me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So, but if you follow that natural curiosity, they can learn so much, you know, and they're asking, they're asking hard questions. They're not asking, you know, yes or no questions. They want to know what's that made of? Why does it do that? And the learning depth that you can dive into if you're willing to follow their curiosity and help them teach them where to go for that information is it's endless. And you can probably learn as a, as a parent or as an adult, you know, caring for a child, probably learn so much also. I feel like as we've gotten older, sometimes our wonder, our, our natural curiosity has gone away because, you know, we were in school and we were told you're asking too many questions. You are, you know, you're a little much, all those kinds of things. And right. You know, um, and yeah, there, of course, there's a moment in time where it's like, okay, you know, tw 27 question, come on. <laughs> I was like, right, mama, right. Give, me, give me a two minute break and I come right back and we'll, we'll start up. But, you know, and I understand where teachers come from because I, I am a public school teacher too. It's like, I have 28 to 30 something kids and it's like, you know, one or two kids asking all those questions and you have all of them and you're like, absolutely. It's, oh. it's not sustainable in a classroom setting. You know, that's why curriculum is set up the way it is and why teachers have to just kind of proceed through and you can't take that time to dive into each child's curiosity and natural interests. Um, it, obviously, I mean, you, there's just no way. So, right. I mean, and it's funny, I, I heard just recently that, and it's so crazy, because I guess I subconsciously always knew it, but I never actually put words to it, that curriculum is really created for the teacher, not for the student. It's how can the teacher best manage a, a classroom of 36? Right. Right. You know? So it's like, how can I grade fast enough? How can I, because I mean, think about it. You're, you're grading 36 papers. I mean, regularly, right? I like, can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, and that's just 30. That's just one classroom. If you have like three to five classes. So it kind of mounts up. I really did hear that the other day. And I was like, it, I had to take a pause and, and think like, yeah, you know, and it and it's and it's hard on a teacher to to go that route and think that because we really do love teaching. But at the end of the Absolutely. day, we're either going to get burnt out. You know, I've I've had 15 hour work days, like literally 15 yeah. hour work days where I'm just eight in the morning and I'm done by 11 p.m. at nighttime. And and I got to do it all over again. And I'm just like really, really exhausted. And mm -hmm. You know, after a while, you do start taking shortcuts and you're like, I, I can't, I just can't keep doing this. I'm going to, you know, for 20 years, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it's like, you know, sure. yeah. so that's why I really, I, I love, I love everything about homeschool. I love everything about homeschool because this is exactly what a teacher wants to do. This is yeah, what I absolutely. was, it, it's just, it just seems like it's, it's like education nirvana to me. <laughs> it sounds yeah. too, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know. If you look back in history too, I mean that that tutor style education, the you know one on one or two two to one teacher ratio, um, you know that's what 
people did for all of history that, you know, either homeschool or if you had enough money, you hired tutors and it's just, you can follow those, those questions to their natural end if you take the time and if you are one-on-one -on -one or, or even, you know, even if you've got seven-on-one, like it's, yeah. it's doable, but yeah, classroom, you just, you got to kind of keep presenting the information the best way you can. And teachers are amazing. Like classroom teachers have all my respect because I can't, I cannot even imagine. <laughs> uh -huh. I've got my two and I'm like, okay, just be quiet for one minute, please. <laughs> so, yeah. So I love that. So now your curriculum, you guys support, you know, different lifestyles, your curriculum supports, you know, just the opportunity not to have to sit at a table and bring out so many different gems from the, the books and everything. Are you able to also like tap into different learning styles and learning, like learning differences in that way? Yeah, absolutely. So five in a row is based on a concept called low floor, high ceiling. And basically it's when information is presented in a way that anyone can learn from. So that's the low floor. So with five in a row, you read a picture book and then, or a chapter book for the older kids. And then you present lessons that are drawn from that story. And a two-year-old that's listening is going to pick up on things when you're pointing to pictures in the book. And, you know, if you're talking about Madeline and here's Paris, France, and here's the Eiffel Tower, like a two-year-old's gonna start picking up on that information. Um, so that's a low floor, everybody can enter. If you have uh, a Down syndrome child or neurodivergent, um, they're gonna be able to learn from those lessons. And then you've got kind of the grade level, which is just reading the picture book and then doing the lessons in the manual. So if you, if you use the curriculum as it's intended, you are gonna be at grade level. For your student because it is written on a scope and sequence to meet those learning needs. But then it's got this high ceiling where if you've got an advanced student and obviously we know that in homeschool we kind of have a joke about grades like if you ask a homeschooler what grade they're in sometimes they're not gonna be able to tell you because they might be in you know fourth grade in math but they might be in ninth grade in English like there's so many different levels and so that high ceiling is that your child's natural curiosity can take them as high as they want to go. So after you've read the story and you've done the lessons for the day, if they've asked questions during that time, sometimes I'll write it on a post-it note. You know, if I can't take the time in the moment and I want to finish the lesson first, I'll write it down. But if they've got a question, say, okay, now let's, I, I don't know the answer to that. And that's honestly one of the best things you can say as a teacher. I don't know. Let's go find it out. Let's go, you know, let's go research. Let's figure out where to find that answer because now you're teaching them how to learn. So you take their question and then you run with it. Maybe you order books from the library today. Maybe you look it up online. Maybe you find a video about it. And suddenly they're gaining an in-depth deep dive into a lesson that might be taking them two or three grade levels above where there should be um, just from their, their question. So you've got that low floor all the way to the high ceiling. And that's also how you can incorporate teaching multiple ages from the same curriculum. Um, so many homeschoolers have lots of kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> or several kids of different ages. I've got five, seven, and 14. At the moment, my 14 year old has finally kind of moved above and beyond. She's in high school. She's got, you know, we've moved out of five in a row. So she's using her own curriculum. But when she was 12 and I had, what would that be? Three, five, and 12, I really wanted to bring them together 
occasionally to learn together and just get that sibling experience, the family learning experience. Um, and one of the products we sell is called a mini unit. And it is the same concept as five in a row. It's a picture book with lessons that are drawn from that, but it has lessons included for ages two through 12. So it covers all of the ages that five in a row curriculum covers, but all in one unit. Um, and so we'd sit there and we'd read the story together. And then we'd pull the lessons for the three and five-year-old and pull the lessons for the 12-year-old and kind of assign different things at the table to each one. And so again, that low floor, high ceiling, it allows it to be spanned really to any age. I mean, you could assign, honestly, you could assign college work from the same picture book. You know, if you're reading about Ping on the Yangtze River in China, you could have a college student write an essay, you know, a two page essay about fishing practices in China. You really can span it anywhere you want to go with it. That's really dynamic. Because I was going to ask you, like, take me through a day um, of what it would look like to um, use one of the lessons in five in a row. I think you did a really great job at that, you know, just explaining how to break off, you know, into different uh, age levels and really kind of match where they're at. That's yeah. really cool. I love that. That's really important because I know a lot of parents, you know, even when it comes to finances, they still want to be able to support their child, you know, educationally, academically, um, and give them a quality education. But sometimes the finances, they feel like, oh, well, I can't do this. And um, I find that through homeschooling, there's so many ways that you can grab a hold of a curriculum that you really, really love and start branching out into different things. And now literally, honestly, with the internet, you can take someone's <laughs> curriculum and yeah. you can add so many things in there from like, like you said, like, Hey, let me look up, um, what are some, you know, fishing practices in, you know, Japan or an Asian country. And you can learn about it really quick. Say, Hey, you know what? Give your child that, that as a writing assignment or even as a research, Hey, sh you know, create for me a video on, you know, with, um, with like voiceover on this, you know, so they have to still write yeah. it out. They created absolutely. Video. They can make a podcast. They can make a blog. They can make a, you know, a scene on Minecraft. Like you can right. assign oh anything God. in different areas, you know, have them go build the Eiffel tower from Madeline out of Legos. Like, right. And all of that counts as, as learning obviously. And as ours, like it is learning. That's engineering. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's like that's engineering, that's software engineering. That is that's the, the thing is I I feel sometimes we forget that education just does not live in a building. Right. Education is so wide and vast that we can give the future of of our children such depth and such understanding and yeah really get, position them in such a way that oh my goodness talk about meeting meeting age level i mean they're gonna they're gonna by far surpass it by right. on all on all levels because i'm gonna be very very honest um like i said i teach oh i don't know if i did say but i teach upper level sciences physics biology chemistry right okay and yeah. the curriculum that, that that my district gives me is not on age level it's not, it's years younger. It's between eighth 
seventh grade, they're not age level at 11th grade. They're not age level at all, yeah. at all. So when I hear parents thinking, oh my God, what I'm going to be like, by the time your kid hits high school, they're going to be so far advanced and if they, if they're homeschooled and now the opportunity to have your child take half a year of credits if college, a college credits while they're in their junior and senior year. Uh, oh, absolutely. Dual enrollment is a no brainer. It, it's a win-win for you as the homeschool teacher. And it's a win-win for them as the student. Cause then they get to start already ahead. Exactly. So I know. So, you know, it's the opportunities here are, are amazing. And I love what your curriculum does, how it supports multiple families, multiple learning, you know, differences. It is um, engaging coloring. It's multi-generational, you know, it brings families in, it builds relationships. It teaches how to learn. I mean, I'm not sure you could ask for much more. (laughs) So I think, you know, as we're wrapping this up, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find your resources and purchase some of these curriculums. Absolutely. Uh, five in a row.com is where we sell all of our curriculum and all of the extra resources that go with that. If you order directly from us, you get the uh, story discs, which are the geography tool that we use uh, for free. And we also sell through rainbow resource center uh, and Amazon. So Again, on those two sites, you won't get those story discs for free, but especially for international users, those are where you're going to want to head because we don't sell internationally on fivemorrow.com. So now a real quick question. When they get your curriculum, is is your curriculum, is it like turnkey where they, there's like a step-by-step kind of manual to help them walk through a lesson? So each, each unit, after you read the story, each lesson is laid out for you and it's going to say, you know, discuss this with your student and, and it'll give you, most of the time it just gives you kind of verbatim what you can say. And you can either have the manual open with you and kind of read it out from the manual to them, or you can even be super sneaky and read it ahead of time. <laughs> and you know, you're driving in the car, hey, remember when we read Madeline last week, um, you know, or yesterday, uh, let's talk about how there were two little, 12 little girls in two straight lines. Well. If they were in two lines and there were 12 girls, how many girls would be in each line? That's right, six. Yeah. Well, how many groups of two is that? You know, or it talked about where she was from. Do you guys remember where she was from? It's where the Eiffel Tower is. Yeah, that's right. It's Paris, France. So you can, it's so many of the lessons are discussion based. Um, And again, I didn't really get into that, but with, you know, who that's good for in terms of learning styles. Um, discussion-based is great for your ADHD kiddo. Really, every kiddo is a little bit ADHD, right? <laughs> it's hard to sit still. I, Me too, me too. Um, so discussion-based is great. And if you can turn off that part of your brain that says they need to be sitting still, there's so many kids out there that are auditory learners. I was completely. And my mom, I don't know if she knew that to begin with, or she. I think she learned that later, but she gave me the grace to, you know, do chin-ups on the table while she was talking to me. Once she figured out that as soon as she started asking the questions, I knew everything she'd said. And, and she was able to learn that and figure out, okay, she needs to be moving. She needs to be doing something. 
Um, and that looked different as I grew. She'd give me, you know, clay and Play-Doh to play with with my hands to keep me busy while, so that I could listen and, and hear everything. So um, auditory learners, discussion-based learning is a great tool for them. Um, Play-based learning, we haven't even gotten into that, but so that's for all of your hands-on learners and really, really everyone. Um, I read a I read an article that was talking about how many repetitions it takes to learn something to create that synapse in the brain, and it takes four hundred repetitions. That's a lot of repetitions, right? Oh yes. Unless unless it's done through play. If it's done through play, it takes ten to twelve repetitions. Well, say that one more time. <laughs> yeah. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> So to, to create a synapse in your brain, to learn something, to create that, that connection between what you're hearing and what the answer is, it takes 400 repetitions. Obviously that differs, you know, I mean, that's an average because some people can read it once and remember it, we know that. Um, but scientifically they've shown that it takes 400 repetitions unless it's done through play. And if it's done through play, it takes 10 to 12 repetitions. Whoa. Yeah. That is, that really, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, how can I do that with myself? You know? Yes, yes, exactly. Well, and, and interest-based, that's how adults learn. We learn because it's our interest, right? If you're not being forced to learn something, whether, you know, or, or you have to learn it for work, or you have to learn it for this or that, uh, you know, if you suddenly got an interest in gardening, that's your interest. You're going to jump online. You're going to watch tutorials. You're going to find books. You're going to watch videos of how to, and you are going to learn as much as you want to learn about gardening. You're going to learn about what kind of insects eat, what kind of plants and the entomology behind that. You're going to learn about, you know, the pH of soil and the, the science behind that. You're, I mean, it's just exponential how much you're going to learn if, if you are interest driven. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. true. Yeah, yeah. When I was in high school. I couldn't learn history at all. Like social studies was probably one of the most challenging. I mean, I barely passed that class ever. And I went, I got to high college, sorry, I got to college and uh, I took a art history class in this art history class in three months, I learned everything that I was supposed to learn in those three years because I learned it through the lens of art. Yeah. Huge so that's difference. a unit study. So you take one, one subject or one topic and for you it was art and you learned history through it. And that's what a unit study is. Um, so that's what five in a row is with literature based. Uh, so it takes the picture book and then teaches all the lessons from it. And for most children, a picture book is something that engages them and is an interest for them which means that the lessons that are drawn from it are gonna be interest-based learning for them. They are gonna be interesting. So the same way that we have an interest and take off and learn from it, Five in a Row provides the interest in that picture book and then the lessons drawn from it for your children. What a great analogy. And with that, I'm gonna ask my last question because yeah. we've spoken about a lot. <laughs> I wanna know, what is one giant takeaway that you want our listeners to get from this conversation today? Oh, just that homeschooling provides memory-making opportunities that I've heard, um, there was a, 
an analogy with marbles that somebody put marbles in a jar for each summer that their child would live at home and that those marbles went away really fast. <laughs> and, you know, as they got less and less, they really started to stress out. I've only got six summers left with them. And when your child's in school, a lot of that opportunity to connect with them, um, you know, especially today, we've got extracurriculars, we've got sports, we've got sports on the weekends, we've got, and as homeschoolers, we do it too. My, my daughter's in sports, she's got tournament weekends, all of, all of the above. But when they're also in school eight hours a day, you really start to lose those opportunities. Um, that connection. Just, yeah, for just that deep family connection for that chance to speak into their lives um, and have your voice be heard, you know, when you've got a classroom full of 20 or 30 other kids and you multiply that by how many classes they have a day, like how loud is, how loud is your voice gonna be to them? Um, not very loud for most of those kids. And then your time with them, you know, you might have a, a hour at dinner or an hour before bed and then weekends. Um, so, you know, homeschooling, obviously, yeah, you're responsible for teaching them, but you're also responsible for, or, or you get to just kind of revel in and, and live in those memories, making opportunities with them every day. You don't have to relegate those to weekends or summers, um, that feeling that you got when they took their first step, you get to have that when they read their first book, you know, and you, and you taught them how to read, you get to, and that's a scary thing, <laughs> teaching your kid how to read. You're like, uh, I don't know if I can do this. You can absolutely do it. Right. Um, and getting to hear them read that first book to you or read that first word or that first sentence and getting to be a part of that. It's just, it's just amazing. It's such a great feeling. I can't even imagine like actually helping your child read and opening up those, that moment, that opening up their eyes, that opening up the opportunity for them to expand their, yeah. you know, their mind and explore the world, explore yeah. history, yeah. explore science. They get to explore yeah. all of it. Yeah. And you get to be a part of that. Right. Exactly. So, wow. We had, we had a parent write in a testimonial this year that their son was graduating and they were dropping him off at college and um, they had done five in a row with him through his early years through uh, elementary school and you know she posted this and I was like wow that's kind of overwhelming but he gave her a hug and he said thanks so much for homeschooling me mom and thank you for doing five in a row with me and for making those memories and snuggling with me and reading me those stories like oh to have to have a you know a grown son heading off to college that that voices that thanks to you you know I'm not there yet and I don't have boys but I have girls but um you know I hope that they feel that way about our time together and I know that we've made memories and inside jokes and things we reference and things we talk about through everything we've learned and done together and I just I love it I wouldn't trade it for anything yeah, you know, and someone else had said once before, you're going to go through hard times regardless. So this homeschooling actually makes life easier in a sense, because you're part of things that you normally wouldn't be part of. And the bonds and connections get so much deeper. Yes, everyone's going to have issues. It's obvious, but sure, that's just life, 
right? That's yeah. just life. And as you're talking about the, the guy, the, the guy going to college, you know, he was able to articulate and verbalize that because he he was taught in a safe environment yeah. where his thoughts, him, his emotions, his feelings were heard by yeah. his parents, the ones he loves the most and wants their approval, their love, their attention. And, and they, and they also want that from him. You know what I mean? It's a reciprocal. Yeah. It doesn't go just one way. Right. And, you know, unfortunately you do see the public school system, a lot of broken, broken kids, you know, this, it's just yeah. more than the, the healthy kids, you know, and it, and it is sad. So, you know, I love your takeaway. Thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on today and just sharing your testimony, sharing all your knowledge, all of your wisdom, and just sharing with us your family's legacy. How yeah. beautiful is that? Your mom, dad, you, your sister, your legacy. I Thank love you. getting to be a part of it. Thank you so much, Bex, for having me on your show. Definitely. You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email, realedtalk at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time.